Joining me today on AARC Industry Insights Podcast is Kristen Hood. Kristen is a registered respiratory therapist, neonatal pediatric specialist, who is the U.S. Senior Product Manager for Ventilation and Sonar Med at Medtronic. Kristen graduated from Collin College in Dallas, Texas before receiving her bachelor's degree in respiratory care from Midwestern State University. She spent more than 20 years working in several neonatal and pediatric roles at hospitals across North Texas before joining Medtronic in 2019, where one of her primary duties is to forecast demand planning for the entire ventilation and sonar med portfolios. Kristen is an accomplished international lecturer on neonatal and pediatric clinical topics and is a published author in both respiratory care and critical care nursing clinics of North America. Enjoy my conversation with Kristen. And with that, Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Doug. So Kristen, you've done a fantastic job of highlighting the challenges of delivering NIV to babies. So without further ado, drum roll, please. What is Medtronic's solution to this problem? Yeah, I think we wanted to look at all the variables, right, that affected delivered pressure um, so that we could somehow quantify that. Uh, and when you start to look at the variables, it's almost better to ask what doesn't affect it. <laughs> the list is long. Sure. It's the interface fit, uh, the leak, uh, open mouths versus closed mouths, right? What What is your actual set pressures? And then all, what is the uh, resistance of the interface? So just a lot of, of different things and a lot of work had been done by Diplossi, Chatburn, Cagmeric, um, trying to look at things in that bench testing way. And so we had some sort of models, um, if you will, that gave us an idea that there was this, you know, somewhat significant loss of pressure across the interface. And so we wanted to find the solution to provide that in, to the clinician. And so we went back to just the basics, truly dug the basics of mechanical ventilation. What are we normally doing when we do um, a pre-use test or a self-test of the ventilator circuit? We'll, we're compensating compensating for circuit volume, circuit compliance, but we're also compensating for pressure loss across that circuit because the standards of mechanical ventilation require us to report um, those pressures at the Y, right? So we have to account for that. Um, all, all ventilators do and all manufacturers have to account for it. So we sort of already had um, something that was doing that. It was just doing that quantification for a circuit. So we simply took, and I know I said simply, the engineers would be like, how are you saying simple? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you didn't do it. Um, yeah, yes, it wasn't simple, but basically we extended that test um, to include the interface. We said, okay, now send all these different flows across this interface and calculate how we can show a clinician the pressure at the end of the interface instead of the end of the Y. And sometimes there's a big difference, you know, depending on that neonatal interface, there is um, lengthwise a lot of difference. We've already talked about the lumen is small, so there's resistance. So every interface is different. Every size 
of the same interface is different. Uh, but that's basically what, what we did is we took um, our pre-use test or our self-test and extended it through the interface. So the clinician just does an interface cal. Um, they can cal two different interfaces. It makes it easier to switch out, you know, um, for, for baby, you know, between two interfaces. Um, so they have the ability to calibrate, you know, up to two interfaces and be ready then to start non-invasive um, on, their, on their patient. So um, that's kind of what we did. What it now gives the clinician is a little, is a little different. So we're giving them interface pressures and we give them two interface pressures. One is the basically the PIP interface. We call it PIN or inspiratory pressure at the end of the inspiratory phase um, at the interface. And then we do a PEEP IF, so a PEEP at the interface. Um, and just tell you what those pressures are. And so this technology is called NIV plus, correct. correct? Yeah, it would be good as a marketer if I came out with that at first. <laughs> but I'm also a clinician, right? So I get very excited about the clinical. Yeah. Part. But yes, it's called non-invasive plus, Doug. And it's so it's also important to know that this is a software adjunct to the PB980 ventilator. This is not a new piece of standalone equipment, correct? Correct. Yes, this is literally um, a software add uh, on our already existing platform. So, uh, and we already had synchronized non-invasive, which is you know um, a big hurdle to accomplish in the neonatal world, where you're trying to pick up on these very small. Um, efforts non-invasively in the presence of large leaks. So it's, we've had that squared away for quite some time. Um, and so that's why we added the plus here because now on top of the synchronized, we're also going to give you these interface pressures uh, to provide more transparency to what the baby is actually receiving. And so just to confirm then, and I think you've said it twice now, this is not just to give the clinician more information, but it actually helps compensate for some of these issues that you've described with drop in pressures as well as leaks, correct? So yeah, Doug, it gives them that information. Um, it is mainly a monitored value, uh, but it gives them the information in which to act on. And I think um, what we've seen so far, and you know, we've had this now um, FDA approved and released for a little over three years, three and a half, four years. Um, and what we've seen is that ability to see the pressure. So sometimes you have a PIP set of 20, but you're only getting seven at the end of the interface due to leak, right? And that's the part I think you're kind of going for. Like, what does the clinician do? Well, they would see the seven um, and decide, they have options, many options, right? They could change the interface. Um, they could uh, turn the pressures up higher because the baby's not getting what they thought they were because of all the loss across that interface. Um, they have decisions they can make. If they're only getting seven, maybe they don't even need non-invasive. Maybe they just need to be on high flow. You know, I know that's controversial for a ventilator company probably to say, but it's true. There's that aspect. Sure. And then there's always, there's the other aspect. If you have, you know, 25 set and they are getting all of 25, 
wow, that's, that's a lot of respiratory support and maybe their trajectory of illness, they should be intubated. But the values that clinicians used to be able to see were only circuit values. So they never saw that difference between seven and whatever, that they had no idea whether the baby was getting seven or the 25. They just knew what they set. Um, and so it gives them that additional information um, to, to move on in the correct direction for the patient. So let's just take a quick step back if we could, and let's talk about uh, anatomy just for a quick second. The anatomy of the baby versus the anatomy of the, the adult. Why is it that babies suffer this problem with NIV, not so much with, with adults? What, what is causing this problem? Yeah, Doug, that's such a good question. Uh, and most of it's the resistance in the interfaces. When you think about adult interfaces, um, they're these large masks or these large prongs that are capable of, you know, transmitting large amounts of flow um, without a loss in pressure. You go down to that neonatal population and you're looking at these teeny tiny um, sometimes often long interfaces, like cannula style interfaces. Um, and because of their resistance, there's just so much pressure loss. Understood. So I would think that a, a byproduct of this is that it would help solve some, some issues for the clinician who might be struggling with um, an interface selection. And just to confirm, that there is not a an interface, a proprietary interface that is required with this. You can still use any other interface. Is that correct? That's correct. Any interface of your choosing. Um, so it sort of opens that um, toolbox for the RT when they do see, you know, these interface pressures not being what they would like them to be. Um, they can pick whatever is in their toolbox to uh, improve that. Uh, I think that we know as clinicians that anytime you are um, invasively exposing an artificial airway to a patient, you're adding some level of risk. And that's risk that you don't see with NIV. Um, so what what is so important and why is it so critical that NIV be successful in the, the neonatal and pediatric population, early pediatric population? And, and how is NIV plus going to help solve that problem? Yeah, so I mean, the focus on non-invasive, Doug, even from the adult perspective, I think through the pandemic grew um, more and more and more. Um, that was multifactorial and kind of a a rebirth of high flow in that population or refocus. But um, in general, if you want to be specific about the neonatal population, we have constantly been shifting um, to non-invasive for a long time and, and recent progress in the space around, you know, minimally in, invasive surfactant administration, le, you know, LISA, least invasive surfactant administration has enabled um, clinicians, neonatal clinicians now to completely avoid um, intubation altogether. And so 
um, we're wanting to support that. Uh, and, and so I think it, it matters more because um, the risk of intubation exists equally, um, likely across all populations, but the risk of ventilation and the growing, um, right, and still very fragile lung um, is very large. I'm, every patient that Every patient that's a neonate that gets intubated is in that state. So every every set of lungs um, are in a tender spot versus um, you, you look more to the older pediatric or adult population. Um, and some of them are, right? No doubt. Some of, some of those patients are being ventilated because of significant pulmonary disease that needs to be managed very particularly. But every neonate almost... I mean, is, and so it, it is an additional um, focus to avoid, to your point, intubation and mechanical ventilation and non-invasive has come so far um, with synchrony that I think the next logical step uh, we saw in our minds was, well, now we can pick up on efforts, we can do this. This other problem right, that we really heard about directly from respiratory therapists at the bedside. They're using these cannula type interfaces and they don't change any ventilator settings. They just change to a different interface. None of their monitor parameters change. They just literally change to a different interface and, and their baby looks, you know, much better, less work of breathing and, you know, much better blood gases. And so, it was like there's something there that's happening within the interface and so what we're doing is now giving those respiratory therapists that information so that they can solve the problem before the problem becomes um, the patient is desatting we have a bad blood gas you know ultimately try to avoid that surprise blood gas and stay kind of one one step ahead of these babies on in, in avoiding intubation and ventilation. So as we as we look at this technology, um, so it's going to report adjusted pressures that as a result of the drop at the interface, and then also provide compensation for leaks. For the clinician, is there anything differently that they need to do from an alarm standpoint? No, Doug, that's a, that's a great question. There is not. Um, so it's really the management is the, is the same um, as they would normally do as far as alarm settings and responses go. Okay. And then also, I would think that this, uh, that NIV Plus is going to help um, be far more sensitive in communicating to the, to the clinician about uh, disconnects. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. So I think the fact that uh, we, we've seen, the fact that we understand the interface and the dynamics of the interface, we know when that interface is no longer connected to the baby. Whether that's a mask or a prong, we're going to alarm disconnect because we're able to see, right, that pressure at the end of the interface and if it drops if we were to only be looking at circuit pressure it would likely still be maintained right because the resistance of the interface the circuit pressure tends to be maintained and that's what you know every other vent 
um, is able to report is just circuit pressure. So um, we're able to detect and alert clinicians um, very quickly that the interface um, is actually not inside the nares or over the over the nose, depending on the interface you're using. And then hopefully, right, then we have that response by the respiratory therapist to fix the interface um, so that it's not the DSAT um, or the bradycardia that brings them to the bedside. That should never be the first indicator of a disconnect. Um, it's not safe. And so um, we're able to give uh, those respiratory therapists an earlier indicator, an early warning sign that there's there's something, you know, disconnected, and and if sure. they can fix that, then hopefully they don't see that, um, you know, clinical sequelae that can happen. Yeah, Kristen, you had mentioned earlier in um, on the podcast about some of the the bench studies from really some big some giants in our profession that were conducted. But at the at the end of the day, it's it's really more about how this technology responds and the outcomes that it provides the patients. Um, so I think that's ultimately the the primary determinant of it, of its success. Um, have are there documented outcome benefits of this? Has research been been conducted on patients and, and looking at some of the more common metrics that you might look at, clinical clinical metrics um, that, that a department manager or a medical director of an ICU might be looking at? Yeah, so we've partnered um, with several leading researchers and are working towards um, exactly what, what you're saying is we really need to have that data. And so it's underway. Um, two different, uh, fairly large studies are underway. So. Ooh, so that sounds exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So um, if if I were a department manager and or or quite frankly, if I'm a clinician working in a in a NICU um, and I NIV plus is of interest to me or appeals to me, um, what's what is the and I've not upgraded. Our, our PB980 ventilators. What's what's what should be my first step in and getting that? If I'm a clinician, I go to my my medical director or my director of my department and say, "Hey, I learned about this this great technology. Have we upgraded our equipment? Could you just talk about what the what the process is for for the upgrade and steps that that managers can take to get their equipment upgraded?" Yeah, absolutely, Doug. So I think part of that is there's often a pitch, right, that a respiratory director or manager has to make um, to internally inside the hospital to say, not only this is what this is, uh, NIV plus, and, and I'm hoping today's podcast is giving them a few, you know, t- you know, points that they could bring bring up the chain in that way, but also there has to be either a clinical benefit uh, or an economic benefit. There's definitely some clinical benefits we've talked about, but there's likely an economic um, benefit as well, as far as we're going to be able to fit interfaces faster, take care of patients quicker, um, and and really help with the workload um, aspect um, that often 
neonatal respiratory therapists um, struggle with. So there's that other piece where we can give them some time back to do other critical things if their non-invasive can be optimized. Um, instead of saying, well, let's try all these five interfaces and see what happens, see what the baby looks better on. You should be able to switch from one to the other and you can immediately see, oh, my interface pressures went up. They're now getting five more of Delta pressure. This is the right choice. I don't need to go through these other four um, pieces of disposable equipment, um, which is putting the baby through a process, you know, but also it's putting the clinician through a process that can be painful and they haven't had a lot of um, monitored values, you know, to guide them. Um, there's also a bit, uh, I think, of a skin integrity aspect to this because those those neonatal patients, they have such fragile skin and we watch those hospital acquired pressure ulcers or injuries very closely. And so um, what tends to be, let's just tighten this interface, you know, I always say it's a, um, it's a, ba a balance of seal-ish. <laughs> yeah. like we need a seal, but we need space. You know, we still have sure. to have some leak or, or their skin is, you know, the, blood flow to that skin is going to be compromised if it's if it's too tight. So uh, we're giving them that information where they can say, all right, we, we need to use this interface because the skin um, is showing some early signs of injury. So we need a looser interface. And now I can look and say, well, these are all the pressure I'm getting. So I could turn up my set pressure. Um, I could have all of those things, right, to really direct um, around. And so those are important parts, I think, to that conversation is, are we tracking skin integrity? We, we believe this could help impact um, that space and reduce those. Um, we can reduce the use of disposables. We can reduce um, some respiratory therapist time and trying to fit these interfaces um, and those things. Uh, once you get the buy-in, Doug, to your point that, that you need internally within the hospital, the actual upgrade process is pretty simple. Um, they would just work with their, you know, Medtronic representative um, and and get a quote and a purchase order. But our field service engineers come in and they just literally upload the software, and it's a very quick, uh, short process. There's obviously some training then. Um, that we provide. We have a group of neonatal pediatric specialists across the country that are um, dedicated to that space, and they would be the ones providing um, that that training um, to the team. It's it's relatively simple, but it's always um, always best practice, and it's what we practice is to provide you know lots of training and then typically we want to be there right for the first several patients just in case there's questions um and it also helps our team stay stay relevant on what is impacting respiratory therapists at the bedside by being there and being a resource to them during those initial phases of implementing an iv plus you, you've mentioned a handful of things in the last five minutes that I really want to emphasize. You talked about skin integrity. Um, pressure ulcers have a definitive cost to an organization, very measurable, uh, very critical. And so I think skin integrity issues, if, if you can reduce that, 
It's a huge plus for the organization. In hospitals, time is money. And you had talked about time savings for the clinician and expediting care for the patient. Now, those are a little bit more difficult to quantify, but they are 100% something that need to be to be taken into the equation. And I just wanted to emphasize that as, as you know, is some talking points that you, that you were mentioning that I just really think need to be emphasized a little bit more. So you had, had mentioned that a Medtronic representative comes in to do this software upgrade. So this is not something that is done by a, a hospital's um, biomed department as part of an update or an upgrade to the ventilator, correct? This is something that is is special ordered in which Medtronic comes in to do the upgrade? Yeah, that's correct. It's um, our field service engineers install um, the upgrade. And then they do part of that process, right, is then a checks and balances, a, a performance verification, if you will, um, that they, they walk through. And just to make sure that the software is functioning and got fully downloaded onto that particular 980. So uh, it's the practice we employ because we believe it's it's best practice. So yeah, absolutely. So Kristen, we are right at about the bottom of the hour. And before I let you go, I would like to basically uh, and and you've been our our um, our guest and you have had the mic pretty much this entire time, but I'd really like to turn this over to you. And I, and I would leave you by asking the question, how, is there a question that I should ask that I've not yet already asked? Yeah, that's, that's a fantastic, uh, that is a fantastic question. <laughs> should have asked that question, Doug, and you did. Um, is there anything else about NIV Plus that, that we didn't cover, a question that I didn't ask that you'd like to reemphasize? I would say, um, how does this change, um, you know, the transparency of the, of the illness trajectory for clinicians? To me, that's been... Um, really, and it's coming directly from respiratory therapists using this at the bedside. I think that question um, is something that we're still discovering the answer to, Doug, but it's one of the most impactful questions around NIV+. Got it. Well, Kristen, the, this last 30 minutes has just flown by. It feels like it just started. It was a great conversation. Uh, in full transparency, I am not a, a neonatal uh, pediatric specialist like you, um, so I'm I'm really glad that you're you're the one who's talking about this technology today because you are truly the subject matter expert. It's obvious in uh, in what you've shared with us today. Thank you so much for joining us, and and to Medtronic, thank you so much for being a corporate partner of the AARC. Yeah, thank you, Doug, so much for having us. It's always um, an absolute privilege, not only to partner with the AARC, but to be able to um, partner with you guys in a way that spotlights our new technology to hopefully get that message out to clinicians that, that may need this exact solution for their babies. Yeah, and until our next Industry Insights podcast where our listeners really are going to get an opportunity to, to dive into the technology, the services, 
that uh, our industry providers um, provide to our community. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining. And just remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you can't breathe, nothing else matters. Have a great day, everyone.